This is the Blatcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt. Returning to the show today, comedian Tom Kelly. And Solomon himself, comedian David Weiss. So please, dim your lights, silence your phones, return tray tables to their upright and locked positions, and get ready for what is quite possibly the longest hour, or shortest two hours and 56 minutes, of your life. And now, your host, because he won't let anyone else do it, Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blackcast. Very exciting to be here. There's uh, been so much warmth and love and appreciation for the uh, third and final season of Star Trek Picard. So uh, I assembled two of the biggest curmudgeons that I know for an episode that we're calling Counterpoint at Farpoint. As always, I'm Christian Black. Joining me from New York City, the one, the only, Thomas J. Kelly. Oh, oh my God. Who's already objecting to being called a curmudgeon, but fine. That's all right. Well, someone who uh, actually his J-Date profile just says curmudgeon uh, is the only part of the description. is <laughs> Mr. David Weiss, Salman himself. Hello, sir. Thank you for joining us from the best side of Los Angeles, as they say. Sup, America. So um, <laughs> I, 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 I want to start with uh, what, I, what I think is a, is a great starting point for people that watched week to week as I would review Star Trek Picard season three, uh, each of you popped up a couple of times and uh, weren't uh, so happy. Uh, I think, uh, Sal, they lost you along the way. But I want to start off with a, a different question. When, I'll ask you first, Tom, when was the last time that you loved Star Trek? The last time you watched something newly produced and it ended and you went, yep, that was great. Uh, what do you? Does anything come to mind? Is it even in this I, century or was it in the 20th century? Oh, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed Strange New Worlds. Okay. Uh, I have I have strong objections to the J.J. Abrams universe, uh, okay. but I don't hate the J.J. movies as much as I do some of what happened in Star Trek Picard. Uh, I sure. thought, say what you want about J.J.'s movies, he always stayed true to the characters and who they were. And I think that was my big contention with Picard. It was inconsistent. Uh, it was inconsistent with the dream of Star Trek. And, uh, and I want to be careful complaining too much. Uh, there were things I enjoyed in the last two or three episodes uh, uh, thoroughly. Uh, if I ignored the first seven and a half episodes. Uh, but the <laughs> overall, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you just did the last three episodes, I might. Uh, yeah, right. if this podcast, if, 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 if that had, if that had been, seven, yeah, if that had been like just a just a standalone movie, the the last part of the season, you would have been happier. Is that what you're saying? I would have had far less to complain about. I think uh, you know, and I know David's an actual professional TV writer, uh, and the one, one good thing now. that comes out tools down. Writers, yeah. And here's the one benefit of the Hollywood strike for writers right now is it stops Terry Metalis from producing new Star Trek for a little while. We need a breather. Uh, and in and fact, uh, give that a bell. In fact, uh, and I know we have a lot of mutual writer friends. Uh, I feel like they are taking one for the team uh, in the big picture of the Star so Trek. So you you think that this isn't about any kind of uh, royalties or contract disputes? This is everybody got together and we have to stop this guy from making more Star Trek. I think that's an, an interesting theory. 
Uh, I think I, I might be, I might be out in the picket line uh, one day next week with my wife and her sister. So I'll float that out there. I'll be like, we're just doing this because of Metallus, right? Yeah. Um, Every, everybody so, you see on the street is one person not writing a new Star Trek episode. <laughs> not writing a new Star Trek. Uh, Sal, uh, the um, oh my gosh, he disappeared. He, uh, you know, so he'll I he'll pop back. I, I didn't realize uh, that was that offensive. I didn't realize that was yeah, that that, exactly. The uh, the the uh, Wi-Fi out there on the west side is uh, not what it is here in the beautiful San Fernando Valley. Um, but in in any case. Yeah, I think that uh, Strange New Worlds, a lot of people were happy with. When David pops back in, I was going to mention it, that he didn't watch Picard season two because he heard me going on about how much I hated it. And when he was ramping up for this, he's like, do I need to watch it? I said, absolutely not. And uh, I stand by that. There's, you know, there's a couple of things that you're like, OK, maybe I don't get it. But it, it was so bad that uh, if, if, the, if you just want the ride, the one last ride with the the whole gang, uh, season three is the the place to be, I, I would say. But uh, that, and, you know, that's and, just and I'll even say, listen, if you're new to Star Trek Picard, if you're coming into this podcast saying, should I watch Star Trek Picard? One, the best and most magical moments that that all the fans were craving are given away on TikTok. My For You page. Are we allowed to do spoilers? Do we have to say spoiler alert? No, yeah. So what we'll here? do now, Here, here's the thing. Uh, what we'll do now is we'll say that, you know, it's been out for a couple of weeks. So if you haven't watched season three of Star Trek Picard, you shouldn't be checking this out uh, because we are going to talk about all the spoilers. So I like to give a warning, but I do like to always talk about the spoilers because it gets so difficult when you try to tiptoe around it. And there's really no reason for that. So go ahead. You think that uh, it would work well as a so TikTok. I'm a sucker for, and the band is getting back together again. My favorite scene in all of cinema is the end of Star Trek four. And I have a big emotional reason for it too, where I could actually project certain things into it. Uh, but when Spock, uh, it's it, it Spock, says goodbye to his dad, and then the crew finds the Enterprise A. Magical. Uh, that said, they really tried to do that about six times in uh, three episodes. Uh, you know, you know, like they were going for what would tug at Tom Kelly's uh, strings while doing, quite frankly, low-end 21st century writing. You know, and uh, and just to reference any opinions I have today is I had Dave Blass on my podcast. I don't think I've done your podcast since having him. Have no, I? I, I did uh, on the after show. I actually referenced that episode a, a number of times because I thought it was uh, I, I think you and I have slightly different impressions of that. I thought it was a great conversation. I think it was great that he took the time to talk to somebody who was just, you know, in his view, mouthing off on Twitter about how he didn't like it. And to me, the best moment was he just point blank asks you, what is it that you didn't like about it? And then, you know, you, you were able to provide what it is. And then, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, you have your thing. And that is episode 286 of the Tom Kelly show for people who want to find it. Uh, so you're talking, well, I, you I just, look, <laughs> I, I just <laughs> I literally just looked it up now. So, um, but, uh, so yeah, so you talked to the production designer for Star Trek Picard, uh, season three, Dave Blass. And, uh, so I just wanted to give that background and what were you going to say about and that? Conversation? He, he was very generous with his time and, and he blatantly said, uh, at the beginning of the interview, which 
took some of the fun out of it, which was, Tom, uh, remember, this is show business. I'm here to do a damn job. And then he started. And the problem is they defended every creative decision with why they are geniuses. There was a hubris to their writing. Uh, and and if like, you know, you're sitting in front of the 1987 set. And he kept saying, well, the bridge doesn't have to have carpeting. Yeah, but you know what? I'd like the chroma key or the chroma to be up high enough so I could see what you've actually designed. Because uh, right. if you look at his pictures that he posts on Twitter, some of the stuff looks really good. And then whoever's doing the color correcting has it so dark, it's just not fun to watch. And then his reply was, yeah, well, they did that for an episode of Game of Thrones. And I'm like, yes, can we learn from that mistake? You know, and honestly, I think part of why I liked the last two or three episodes of uh, Picard uh, was once they got to the Enterprise D set, it's like, all right, I, I can see these people. I can see the show now. You know, it's silly. But right. It, look, it the, looks like the show. Were trying, yeah. The 20, like, you know, and, and again, what, what missed, what was missing with Picard compared to uh, Strange New Worlds is they made the 24th, 25th century a brooding century nobody wants to live in with the look, which is not the Gene Roddenberry vision. That was their art direction. Uh, and then I also argue with, again, uh, and I think this is going to come out of the strike in a way, I, I, I'm going to sound anti-writer, but I'm not for our friends because they are good writers, but there's a lot of crap out there. There's a lot of crappy writers working out there right now. And a lot of them were working on Star Trek Picard. Uh, I made this argument to Dave Blass and he twisted it. Uh, I would love to be, I said, I would love to approve each script. And, and what I really wanted to say was, you know what? I should have been the continuity director because they would say one thing and then they'd say something else a minute later. Like there was a line uh, on uh, the last episode, Data, even my daughter can't fly through this mess. And I want yeah. to say, really? The daughter they called Crash LaForge in episode two? That's the <laughs> reputation you're, uh, you're pushing? Yeah. You know, it's not even referencing itself well. And these are the people who saw it. You know, basically what they're doing is they're throwing shit out there and they're saying we should like it. And honestly, if you watch Star Trek with less enthusiasm <laughs> than with what I do, it's fine if you watch it as a TikTok or a scene. But Data, even my daughter can't fly through there. Freaks, uh, you know, Riker was making fun of her, calling her Crash LaForge for a good five minute scene. Uh, and then, you know, and then I think a lot of it was, um, I, I mean, I, 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 uh, the character of Jack Riker was just unappealing Jack, from the beginning. Jack, Jack Crusher. Jack, uh, Crusher. Uh, Jack yeah. Crusher. Could, could be uh, Jack, Jack Picard, Crusher. but, uh, he wears the name Crusher, uh, with a, as a badge of honor. Yeah. Um, well, let me uh, let me yeah. loop our, our friend uh, Mr. Weiss here. in here. Yeah. So, right. uh, a, new, well, uh, a new, new laptop, I think. I think that might be that might be the way to go. Uh, yeah. But uh, just make sure you clean out all your cookies before you get rid of the old <laughs> ones. So, the thing that I wanted to mention, uh, I had mentioned that you uh, skipped season two of Picard based on my very negative uh, reaction to it, and I, I yes. stand by that decision because of how just awful it was. Um, but I have the same question for you that I asked Tom. 
Sure. What do you think? Is, what was the last time that you watched something that was Star Trek, an episode, a movie, or whatever? And you're like, that was really well done. That was great. I thought the first <laughs> season of Discovery was really well done. Uh, yeah, I liked the second season of Discovery and uh, a lot less then, but uh, that big part of that, I think, was uh, Anson Mount as Captain Pike. I think that right. elevated that. The Mirror Universe, uh, Emperor Giorgio. Uh, yeah. I think that that season was good. And my line about uh, uh, Discovery at that time was uh, I would have, I, I, I would say, I'd call it the best show on TV, except of course it's not on TV because it was on, you know, something called CBS All Access back then. Somehow, somehow people can wrap their heads around Paramount Plus in general. Uh, well, let's talk about season three as a whole for a, a few minutes here, but then we'll really get into how it ended. So, uh, David, you and I talked a few times as the season was unfolding, and I think for the most part, at least early on, you seemed to be happy with it. Is that a uh, a relatively accurate? description of how you felt about it initially i think i was satisfied with it um i was never super happy um i have a lot of problems with the writing as tom was saying um my biggest criticism of what they did was and it's it's not entirely the fault of the people you know that are actually doing it because they've received direction from up above that. Yeah, I mean, let me just interject. Uh, Obviously, yeah. there's there's uh, expectations from the studio. Um, you know, uh, Kurtzman and Orsi are producers on everything now. Sure. So you are getting input. And so well, you can put a lot of the blame on, uh, you know, the guy who was the showrunner. You can put blame on the writers. But you don't. we don't know, and we probably never will know, what it was like, here's what we have to get out of this season. You have to work within this parameter. You have to do this, do that. Well, so I think I, that's a, that's something that's definitely worth mentioning. That's a good one. I think they were hamstrung by those kinds of directives. And not only that, um, I'm going to use the word undisciplined, creatively undisciplined, because, uh, and this is something that I usually put into my writing is just because you can doesn't mean you should. And there are a lot of choices that they made, you know, I mean, granted, I mean, Tom is right about inconsistencies, but you know, if you took Jack Crusher out of that show, don't you have like the same show with the Borg and uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that they, that they cram in yeah, because they want something, they needed to leave it open-ended. But, you know, I really thought the right choice for me would have been, I, I thought Picard was going to die. Yeah, I, thought I that agree. Was, I thought there was going to be some kind of sacrifice. He's going to sacrifice himself so that his son can live. And there would be, you know, that kind of coming together. But not only did that not happen, but afterwards, Patrick Stewart was on the internet saying, yeah, if they need me, I'll come back. <laughs> you know, and that's just kind of like. Yeah, and, 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 and meanwhile, a, a, a gentleman in a long flowing black robe with a, with a, with a scythe is at the door. Yeah, and, right. Uh, and know, Sir was... Patrick is like, one moment. 
I'm writing a blog making fun of James Corden. I'll be right with you. That was so so disappointing to me. (laughs) The idea that he could do more? Yeah, just the idea that, like, you know, you go through all this, oh, it's the final season, the last time we're... Bullshit. You know, they're just going to... Like I said before, doesn't mean you're sure, but they are going to wring this out, the very last drop of Star Trek blood. And that's not what Gene Roddenberry had in mind. No. And, you know, let's let's remember, we live in a world where the uh, rock band The Who went on a uh, farewell tour in 1982. And uh, that might surprise you. Uh, some people in our audience may not have been born yet. And uh, maybe your parents or even grandparents went and saw the who because they still play to this day. So yes, uh, there's a, you know, farewell tours, finales, uh, you know, how, you know, it, when you think about a different genre entirely, I think, I think Friday the 13th part five is called the final chapter. They made like eight more after that, you know? So <laughs> it's uh uh, you know, I think that, uh, oh, and by the way, uh, to what Tom was saying earlier about uh, LaForge's daughter, Dominicus Saxon says they should have said not even Admiral Sulu could fly through this maze. And uh, he also says Kirk will always be, oh, captain, my captain. But Picard was pretty good. Still, he should have died. I think when they brought his old body back, I was like, all right, this is going to be some reason that, uh, you know, he's going to end up back in the body. And then, you know, and then even when we had the Borg factored into it, I'm like, all right, so obviously he's going to die. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't really make choices uh, like that. Um, was there a moment for you, uh, David, that the, the season started to just, you felt like it had gotten away from you? You said you were satisfied, content I enough. Say, I would say about episode five. Right in the middle. Okay. Right smack dab in the middle. Um, you know, if you wanted to do, I, I get it. Okay. In terms of like the double villain, the Borg and the founders are working together. I can get behind that. You know, the sure. two greatest, the two greatest villains, you know, in the last couple of eras. Yeah, from from like the next generation. And I understand era. that. Yeah, I mean, sure. that's fine. But have that up front. You know, I thought that Vatic, I thought Amanda Plummer was going to be, you know, the main villain, and they killed her off. Yeah. That's and, just like and- and the um, and then you the don't changelings the were barely mentioned again the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. The last episode. Yeah. So, Tom, I remember talking to you early in the season, and there was a point where the story hadn't progressed enough. But about episode, probably around the same time, I remember you were saying, "I was like, well, so there's what? There's going to be what six or eight of these?" And I was like, "No, there's going to be ten episodes." And you were like, why, why are we telling so much story? Which, you know, in the old days, we would get 22 to 24 episodes and it felt like not enough. But uh, 10 may have been, uh, you know, wringing out uh, the sponge a little bit too much. Is that, uh, is that where, where you were coming down as these uh, episodes were released, Tom? Uh, so th- it was too much in a serialized format. David, what was the word you just used? Creative laziness? There was a big word you just used. Un- uh, undisciplined. Create undisciplined creativity and that was my problem with the whole thing creatively undisciplined or undisciplined creativity whichever one you want that were uh those two words in whatever order you just said it stuck with me and i think david has just hit my note for the whole series um 
I think the hard part with serialized storytelling to write a 12 hour movie, you need one creative vision and then you need little writers who chime in. And frankly, you got to be really good. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to use your wife's resume, uh, but Christian, but your wife has worked on a number of serialized shows that one, I think uh, your wife's the, the, the shows I remember she wrote were really good. But I also, quite frankly, remember uh, she was also working for geniuses who had a map. And yeah. the problem with Picard was we had the actors, we had the deal signed. Uh, and even with all of the CBS Internet Star Trek properties, nobody had a map. The one guy who had the map at the beginning of Discovery, he got fired for sexual harassment or whatever the heck it was. Uh, well, there's discovery. there's like there's like seven or eight people that got fired. I mean, Brian Fuller is the one who uh, he started Discovery and he wanted it to be an anthology series. And they said, no, we don't want that. So he only did the first two episodes. But I know. But there are so many people since then. And I think that that's the biggest problem with that show. But then you can extend it to all of these CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus series except for Strange New Worlds, because I don't think that they had turmoil, but there are very different creative people involved in all three seasons of uh, Star Trek Picard. Terry Metalis kind of comes in and, and steps up in season two. And uh, I mean, I, I, I refer to it all the time. In the middle of season two of Picard, they released the trailer for season three because they were like, yeah, we know. We know how bad this is, but stick with us. Look what we got for you. Yeah, you Mike know, and you, you, you want to see Dana? I wish David, you want to see Worf? Go ahead, Tom. Well, here's where I wish David had seen Picard season two. The undisciplined creativity, uh, frankly, in a lot of ways, if you if you and I were actually looking at this as more than a kids show, uh, it's the same beats as Picard season two. You know, when you, when a Star Trek writer, and I think this has been a problem since Next Generation Season 6, uh, if we don't know what to do, let's throw the Borg at it. You know, like, and I think that was the big problem with Voyager is they did so much Borg stuff that it was just getting boring. I mean, part of the joy of the Borg was the mystery of it. You know, okay, giant, mysterious cube we don't know much about giant enemy and now you know we all know what a unimatrix is we all know what a tertiary adjunct is you know and and my problem with uh uh my problem with picard season picard not building on itself you're telling me we have a giant robotic bad guy race and nobody's making a phone call to the good guy race we had in the last thing and even at the end of season two of Picard, when the board took over all of the starships and now we're networking them. I mean, and even too, let's, yeah. you know, and even, and I just, from the minute they said it, the idea of networking all the ships or honestly putting all the ships in one spot for Fleet Week or whatever the heck it was, Frontier Day. Uh, I'm like, hi, have we seen the pilot for the 1970s Battlestar Galactica? That's how they all got destroyed. You know, yeah. it was, oh, we're having a big parade and the Cylons came and got everybody. I mean, it's just, 
you know, even in, tw- you know, it's just, it was written at times it's written for children. And then they throw in enough fucks in her. They're like, we're a grown up show. I'm like, no, well, not really. Game of Thrones was a deep show. You know, we could go through the list of science fiction things. Battlestar Galactica 2005 was a deep show, except for when it lost, lost its way. And I forget why it, uh, I forget what the excuses were for it losing its way, but eventually Battlestar Galactica. I, I, I believe on. that's one of many shows that uh, was uh, very negatively impacted by the uh, the previous writer's strike. Uh, Lost and Heroes immediately come to mind of shows that it's sort of like you couldn't really just reset it at that point. And um, I'm, uh, of course, uh, you know, there's a lot of other things. I think that sometimes these shows go on a couple years longer than they should have. And uh, as, as long as uh, Picard does end with season three, uh, I think it was already too much, but at least uh, they got out when they did to Tom's earlier point, uh, Dominica Saxon again says Tom's wrong. They had a map, but it was for map quest. So maybe they should have updated it. I think is what uh, Mr. Saxon. I get what he's saying. Uh, you know what? I, I appreciate the punchline though. I disagree with the facts. Map quest is a great resource <laughs> friend and, and you should, uh, you should be trying it. Well, yeah, I, go, we go could, we, also, uh, Sal, we could have made it a, uh, an LA nineties reference. Uh, the map was a Thomas guide. Thomas guide. I still That's have very, one. Uh, yeah. Which I, I never had one. I moved here right after that. And I did use map quest. Oh, a lot. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like driving. I used to put, when I first moved here, quick aside, I would put the Thomas guide on the steering wheel and, yeah. and do that. It didn't help. Yeah. Like, no, I used to do the same thing with Hustler, but, you know. What, what made the Thomas guy, and not to diverge for a second, but since you brought it up, what made a Thomas guy different from a map? It was, it was, it was, it was like a phone book. It, I, I've seen them. I, I knew people who had them. And you could just, re, you know, refer to like, okay, I'm in, you know, I'm on this part of Coldwater Canyon. Let me figure out where I can go. Uh, you know, oh, there's a there's a boulder in the street. I got to go a different way. I don't even know how to do that. So you would go and there's a really detailed map. So like, yeah, a map is great for freeway driving or, you know, even like, yeah, just to get to point A to point B, but just driving around. I mean, if you were a production assistant in Los Angeles at that time, you needed to have it because you were dropping scripts off at your actors houses and you know, you had to make sure that uh, the the right producer had uh, had her IUD in her desk. And if she had forgotten it, you had to go back and get it. I won't say who that story is about, but it is true. Uh, but anyway, that's not that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Um, what were high points for you, Tom? It seems like because we've talked generally uh, since the season ended, but I knew we were going to do this show. So yeah. we didn't really talk that much about it. We were too busy having in and out at midnight and other adventures. Well, we'll I was talk saying, about I actually saw episode. you in person and I could tell you were resisting because you wanted to save my, uh, save it for the air. Job. That's what uh, Regis Listen. and Kathy Lee used to always say. And, uh, everything that's good for Regis and Kathy Lee is good for me. So, uh, first what's good. And I could watch it on mute. You know, the, uh, you know, I could watch it on mute and I might have enjoyed the first three quarters of the season on mute better. Uh, it's fun to see a Star Trek ship. It's fun to see Starfleet. It's fun to see our actors. It's fun to see the old actors together again. Uh, it really, you know, it really was. Uh, I think it was, uh, you know, I think the problem was 
the writing and how they tried to fill the empty 20 years. I would have enjoyed so much more Beverly being an admiral uh, than a random medical frontiers woman in an old shit. Like that never made sense. And you know how I know that wasn't a (laughs) Yeah. And, and well, we're going crazy. You know how I know that plot didn't work because we tried it with seven of nine where it actually kind of worked. Uh, I hate to say it. Oh, yeah, no, whole... she was way more interesting as, like, whatever those Rangers were. Uh, yeah, and then Ranger. when she was in Starfleet. Yeah, no, the idea, like, her character in season two, I was like, okay, I, I can buy into this. But, yeah, her as as a button-down Starfleet officer, I was like, nah, I'm not feeling this. Yeah, it just and that's my whole issue with the ending, which I know you're going to get to. Uh, I... And again, there's something to be said about the love of the characters, uh, whether or not they did the right things with the characters or where I wanted them to go. I thought they put Jordy LaForge exactly where I wanted him to be, a, a high-ranking officer uh, uh, working on the nostalgia and future of uh, Starfleet. Got it. And I an like occasional that. fill-in host on Jeopardy. You make jokes, but I still think he could save Jeopardy. But put that on the oh, side. He would have been the best. Uh, he would have absolutely been the best one. And and then put Aaron Rodgers over and reading Rainbow just for fun. You know, come on. Let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just play musical chairs with all the shows. You know, uh, I would have loved that until I heard Aaron Rodgers' Vax policies. That actually, 2019 yeah. Tom loves that, uh, that, that map you just laid out. That said, uh, <laughs> yeah, hang on. I'm now getting nostalgic about Aaron Rodgers hosting reading. Well, no, you know, now. look, Aaron Rodgers plays in New Jersey now, so uh, his uh, policies are going to be uh, embraced like a big plate of scrapple with a side of pork roll. So, um, but anyway, okay. Uh, so I yeah, a, go ahead, finish your thoughts, Tom. I like the ship. I like the ships. Uh, you know, I liked seeing Star Trek. I liked that it was going until I actually watched it. Uh, I think they were lazy with where I wanted the characters to be. Crusher as a medical random ranger never worked for me. Uh, the idea that I don't think Beverly would have hidden a son from Jean-Luc Picard or anybody. I just don't think that just never, that character flaw never worked with me. You love them enough to work with them. Your 20 years of friendship, blah, 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 married, not married. The That just never worked for me the way they wrote it out. Jack Crusher, a 60-year-old man playing 20, doesn't work for me. Uh, and it was just more, let me tell you what I've done. I'm a rock and roller. You know, just, I'm a, you know, it's, Jack Crusher just never, never worked for me. Uh, Worf is a secret agent, I thought was a waste of what had been set up for him. But fine. Uh, I actually thought Raffi was done moderately well, mainly because there was not as much with her, too. Uh, hang on, going through my other old bit. You know, Riker and the Riker Troy romance. Uh, I thought that was flat, but, uh, but I have bigger things to complain about. You're telling me he gave up his career to go live with the wife to go have the perfect life and neither of them were quite happy there. Eh, I don't know. That, there was something flat there. And then, um, you know what? And data coming back, you know, and I thought they answered everything. I'm going to critique well, but we went through this whole big thing of Brent Spiner wants a big death scene. He's up to three now. Uh, they went through the big dramatic death of data in uh, season one of Picard. And you know what? 
there's something to be said about I want to die. It actually wasn't, it was a long and drawn out, but fine. You want to die? We killed you. And yay, I'm back. I want to work again in season two. You know, it's like pick one. You want to be dead or you don't want to be dead. And elderly data who suddenly has still has fast hands. Are you, a, and this was my problem with Picard being put into the robot body. Is he a robot or is he a human with the robot mind? Yeah. He has robot powers when it's convenient, and he does, again, and that's the continuity director in me getting mad. Right. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, uh, Brent Spiner had a little bit of uh, David Caruso-itis where you figure, like, there's going to be so many opportunities. I want to get away from this thing. And uh, then you realize there are not those opportunities. I would like to go back and do the thing. But in David Caruso's case, it was a completely different franchise. And all he was able to do was take off sunglasses and uh, cue the theme song from The Who, which brings us full circle. What were the things for you, Mr. Weiss, that uh, you felt worked the best uh, in this uh, season three of Picard as we uh, ramp up to talking about the finale? Mm, Not a lot. Okay. Well, nice. you were just mad that you were just mad that Riker didn't get to use his pizza oven. Oh wait, you didn't even see that in season two. No, I so did you, see that. That was season one. Yeah, season yeah, one. Right. one right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was okay. nice to see everybody. You know, it's sure. like, it was it was like Star Trek colon the big chill. You know, yeah, nice, nice to a, see everybody. But that's a that's a know, nice catchphrase. We're, yeah, it's, we're all gonna we're all gonna go back to our lives. Yeah, afterwards. Yeah, it's a it's the high school reunion, and then you're like, oh yeah, I never liked any of you. Right, and, uh, I know why. I know why I haven't been in touch with. 20 years, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Beverly. That uh, you know, even right. though I agree with Tom, it didn't seem to fit her character. That's no. the choice they made, and she's like, oh yeah, I didn't talk to these people for like what twenty five no, years or whatever it was. Never made sense. To me. No, I agree. Yeah. So and, and, uh, yeah, all right, and, go ahead, Tom. No, and just to your point on Beverly, she was just the whiny, like, you know, on on The Next Generation, she was the whiny, brilliant doctor. And I just don't see a whiny, brilliant person camping and being, uh, you know, Dr. Crusher, uh, frontier medical woman, as you put it. You know, it. Just, I'm getting angry again. I'm sorry. I'm getting angry. No, that's, look, we... We we're at the halfway point. We need you to get angry. You know, we, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't, we didn't book you to have Bruce Banner on the show. We want the Hulk, you know, so come on, uh, let's work up to it. Uh, so uh, the, you know, and, and as we talk about the finale, there's obviously points to be made about the penultimate episode. Cause season nine, you know, we actually get to, we have them on the bridge again. It's not season nine, sorry. Episode nine. We have them on the bridge again. We had gotten them together. They were in the ready room, you know, so they're there. Those elements really kind of wrap, you know, uh, ramp up into the finale. Uh, as the finale was going along, I personally felt like, ah, oh, this is very fan servicey, but I am a fan and I'm enjoying being serviced uh, as I so <laughs> often do. Thank you for laughing at that. Um, but, uh, you know, and I, you know, I was definitely along for the ride wanted to enjoy it but i i'm i'm typically not poking too many holes into it but as you watched the the finale and we can include episode nine because there are some key moments in there what were your thoughts tom was there any moment where you're like 
all right, you know, uh, let's you're about, about the same age I was. So we were like 18, I think, when the show ended. And, you know, there were a couple movies after that. But so if like 25 year old Tom could be told like, well, you will see them again in a show, but it might not be very good. Personally, I'll take it. But uh, what did you think as you watched it? Did you think like, yeah, me in my 20s would have been OK with this? I am ashamed to say this, but as, uh, I'm fine. You know, it, it happened. You know, I, I don't want to, I, I don't, I'm not, again, I love it on TikTok. I love it in clips, but I will, I watch the whole, like, whereas uh, I, when Next Generation went to uh, uh, Netflix, I watched it all again, maybe not intensely, but I press play. I would let it go. It'd be background TV. This sure. will not be background TV again for me. I will not watch this a second time. Will I watch the last episode or two? Maybe. Um, but again, it's the it's the it's the late it's the lazy, undisciplined creativity. Of uh, this was essentially beat for beat, almost the end of Picard season two, just done better with a better lit bridge set. You know, it's <laughs> right. You know, and maybe, and and what I always thought was great about Star Trek when it wasn't so mass produced was you could draw a little bit from it. You could service the fans a little bit less, and it would still be good. Like when you get into like on Succession, they just killed off Logan Roy in season four, an episode four of the final season. Did I just ruin that for you? Yeah, no. it made the news. <laughs> get over it. Yeah, but I know, I know. Here's the thing. If you're going to throw a bomb at the show, you know, the bomb has to hit. And Agreed. so what was that? And that's the thing with these guys is they're always like, oh, we're going to do something new. We're going to take them into a different direction. And my whole problem with the, uh, the ending of the show was I, what I would have liked Picard to be rather than what it was, was I would rather it have been an exploration of where we thought the characters would be. Uh, there's a great write-up of Star Trek Generations and why it failed. That, uh, or, or it fizzled, if not failed, uh, was people were hoping there would be a juxtaposition of Picard's by-the-book management style versus Kirk's uh, seat-of-his-pants management style. And my problem with the Picard is, Picard is pretending that Picard was always Kirk. You know, Picard broke the rules, but he did it very slowly and painfully. He's a man who adhered to the prime directive and was willing to let people die because he believed in the prime directive. Uh, this, the way that this Picard looks at himself is not what I grew up with. And that gives me a distaste in my mouth. That said, I liked the ending of Beverly being at Starfleet Medal Medical. You know why I like that? Because that's where we left her 20 years ago. You're telling me her growth <laughs> was to be at the exact ending of where she was 20 years ago? Yay. That's not, I mean, it's what we wanted, but whatever. Uh, Picard and Beverly, both admirals. I like that. Um, and then are we up to the, uh, are we allowed to discuss the, uh, the uh, I, and I loved the, end scene on the enterprise d are we now allowed to get into hulk mode am i allowed to uh well no well no uh, because i i i want to i want to uh let 
David get up to speed because yeah, we- we'll we'll hit the same point. Uh, and then of course you uh, invoke about uh, Star Trek Gener- Star Trek Generations, and it's always worth pointing out that all we wanted was what would it be like if uh, Kirk and Picard finally met? What would they do? And we didn't think the answer was make breakfast. So uh, it was a little bit of a letdown. But uh, so David, as you're watching the the finale, and you know we're going to talk about the way that it ends and what it might set up for the future, things like that. That's a separate conversation. But as you're watching our characters. Uh, ultimately prevail big spoiler there that uh, they prevailed uh and you know getting to that point uh you uh seem to oh, have not yeah. been that happy after you watched it i, I got a text from you so i, I yeah, knew you was, didn't enjoy it. it was kind of a limp noodle you know yeah. uh, which is the other thing it says in your j-day profile by the way that's right curmudgeon limp noodle <laughs> <laughs> You get a you get a lot of swipes though, so I don't know. Oh yeah, a lot of swipes. <laughs> well, I would swipe left on the final episode of Star Trek Picard. Ah, wow, wow. really? Yeah, you know. Well, just, I mean, no, and and everyone, you know what I just forgot too the action scenes because uh, you're right. The lazy creativity of you're telling me that first of all, with Jack Crusher as a Borg, uh, that. One, he wound up going to the Borg anyway. We could have skipped episodes one to seven and saved the lives of everybody on the Titan. Uh, and then two, uh, you're telling me that we we cured Jack Crusher being a Borg by giving him a hug? Love conquers all, Tom. Yeah, you know, I mean... That... I, I'm not thrilled with it. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. love does... I mean... Love does not conquer all. Love is great, but sometimes you get stung like a bee. <laughs> but, you know, love can conquer bee stings, you know, if, if you true. just have enough love in your heart. That's true. Um, but, you know, love, love also handles uh, crocodile bites. I think. Right. If but, you have you enough know, love. Final, back to the yeah. final episode for, for a moment. Yes, please. You know, they were... They were hamstrung, the writers, by the fact that they needed to have a backdoor pilot going. So they couldn't kill anybody off. They couldn't have, like, Troy and Riker splitting up forever. Yeah. Uh, they couldn't yeah, have... You, you go raise that weirdo daughter of ours. I don't right. want to be part you of know, and, and by the way, who was watching the daughter? They had like a well, they had like a robot household, didn't they? Well, so, I mean, but yeah. still, I mean, you can't go off and save the galaxy with an eleven year old. So wait, kid. you're telling me that in Buck Rogers in the 25th century, Twicky couldn't have been a babysitter? You think you think that uh, you think that R two D two and C three PO aren't able to babysit? I don't know. I okay. don't know it's that, a valid. It's a valid question. It's, it's, it's something for another show, probably. Yeah, I don't, but, I don't know what that um, show is. Yeah, they were hamstrung by having to do a backdoor pilot. Except that they went and killed off the only character that I liked from the show, which is Captain right. Shaw. And oh, like Captain when he Shaw, comes right. on yeah, as yeah, a yeah. dick, and he's a terrible character, and you're like, oh, this guy's an asshole. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like him. Exactly. And you know, and 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 I, he's like, I want to see more of him. I, I definitely don't want more Raffi. I don't need Captain Seven. 
I, no. I like the uh, I, I've thought, said on uh, multiple shows. I want Star Trek schmuck from Chicago. I want that guy's show. I thought you know? the spinoff was going to be schmuck from Chicago. Right. And, and seven. Dipshit from Chicago. Dipshit. Right. Yeah. Dipshit Very important. From Chicago. Dipshit from Chicago. Star yeah, Trek, exactly. Dipshit from Chicago. And seven. Yeah. Dipshit know? from Chicago, parentheses, living large. Living large. Yeah. Star yeah, Trek, yeah, living large. Star Trek, living large in the Windy City with. Uh, with Todd Stashwick as uh, Captain he, Shaw. He should have come out wearing a Cubs hat. <laughs> Strikes me as more of a Chai Sox fan, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, I, I think that, uh, Tom, I, I think that uh, the common ground that we all probably have is, um, you know, Terry Metalis has talked about wanting to do something that he calls Star Trek Legacy because we introduced these children characters, including uh, Jack Crusher. Right. And we've got this Tula is, Forges. Star Trek and, Muppet Babies. You know, why do we need this? Yeah, well, I mean, I See, think that the uh, Star Trek Muppet Babies is the original Starfleet Academy show that they were going to do yeah, where right. it was Young Bones and Young Kirk. They have a different Starfleet Academy show, too. Right. But in general, the Muppet Babies uh, format usually works. Think about Flintstone Kids. Just, you know, well, think about can, all the show. You know, you I've, I've, I've been developing for 40 years uh, Lil Honeymooners. Uh, where, you know, you know, where Jackie Gleason drives a little cartoon bus. And, uh, you know, when, uh, when Alice gets a little mouthy, he just hits her in the face with a frying pan. But I don't know that this is the place to share that. Uh, so perhaps we should get back on top. We're on, we're on strike Christian. You can't pitch anything. That's a great point. All right. So, uh, so I'll strike that from the oh, record. <laughs> I feel like Tom was going to say something and then thought better of it. <laughs> No, uh, I'm enjoying being with you two right now. That's I was gonna. There's nothing I could have said to tag that other than, uh, yeah, you guys are funny. That's it. I'm sorry. Uh, I just hey, we're not on, we're not on strike myself. from being funny. That that's a full time job too. You know. All right. So um, now, back, yeah, go now, ahead, Tom. Even too, we we haven't even talked. I mean, so the Star Trek Legacy. We could put this on the side that there's about six Star Trek shows. And I think I think the problem with this chunk of Paramount Star Trek that will not be included when we look at back on this as the golden age of Star Trek or the golden age of television is, is uh, you know, I think right now, what are the standards for success? I mean, are enough people paying for Paramount Plus to watch this? Is that it? Is it generating enough headlines? This is it. The one standard. Yeah, but yeah, but the, how many? Yeah, but the, but for the, real, the, the money bag. I agree. It's platinum. How do you friend. track that but metric? I just right just to just to expand on that though, Tom, I'll just say that the you know I mean their streaming service now called Paramount Plus it was CBS Access was built on the idea that Star Trek fans will pay to keep a series of you know as long as you have a, a number of Star Trek series throughout the year they'll pay for it. And then you build on, on top of that. So basically we're who they took for granted. We're who they assumed, but I think that what they need to take into consideration is that there is a, there is a level of quality. I mean, Disney plus was built in a, in a similar way. You know, it's like, we'll put a lot of star Wars and Marvel on, and then people will remain subscribed. But, you know, I think that uh, the, just talking to other people in general, I'm happy with, what we've gotten Star Trek wise since Paramount entered the streaming world, but that I'm, I'm not in the majority. I think, I think that the, there, there, there's a lot of ups and downs 
And David, you were saying you liked season one of Discovery. Yeah. You know, there's been what four seasons, or we're about to get the fourth season since then. So they've done a lot more episodes. What were you going to say, Tom? No, Tom, go ahead. No, uh, you know what? Listen, and you're right. I'm I'm in that group of people who will probably watch even if uh, I don't have to. I'm not watching Star Trek, the kids show on Nickelodeon. Uh, Yeah, I I watched the pilot. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy, that's called. You know, and I actually didn't mind it. It was like, uh, I I didn't mind it. I just am not feeling the urge for it. Uh, It's kind of like Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space. Is how I described Star Trek Prodigy. You know, don't, oh look at me, we found Josie a spaceship. Yeah, no, no, Josie and the Pussycats in outer space, though. Oh, specifically, I, have, I have such a crush on Melody. <laughs> uh, I like, I, I like, I like the guy who, I like the character who basically was the same animatics as Shaggy from uh, Scooby Doo, but they just right. like changed the color of his shirt. But uh, we we may uh, have lost the lead a, a little bit. But I, I know what you're saying, though. It, it's basically uh, the problem for me with Prodigy was that I was watching it and I forgot I wasn't watching a Star Wars show. Something came up and I'm like, oh, right, this is a Star Trek show. It just felt like all the Star Wars animation. And I think I watched there was like a whatever the premiere was. It was like 90 minutes. But right. so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But, uh, Tom, you're already I, I still I people love Lower Decks. I've watched a little of it. I'm like, uh, it's I, you know, my you Star know, Trek yeah, doesn't need to what? be wacky. People love Costco. So, uh, so here's my thing with Lower Decks is I hated the idea of it at first. But at a sure. certain point, it admits it's a parody, but yet it's true to the spirit. And suddenly I'm back in on it. That's that's how it is. And that's uh, the right way to say it. If you treat it okay. and I have permission to treat it like a joke. The thing with the other crap that we're watching right now is I'm supposed to treat it as canon. Like, yes, we of course there's new Klingon heads. Like going make it going with <laughs> Discovery season one. Uh, it's, it's, you're just not you're just not caught up with the times with the new Klingon heads. And then they write three episodes about why their heads and haircuts are changing. And I'm like, now, you know, I don't, I don't need this. This is not good television. Uh, go, we have not addressed, and I know we only have 10 minutes left. The biggest thing that pissed me off is the lack of respect for content and whatnot. Uh, and, I, and if you don't mind, give me a second to ramble. I'll tell you a story. I had a friend named Kevin Lamoro. He was my freshman year roommate in college. And Kevin said... Uh, when he wanted to piss me off, he would make fun of Star Trek, and this is right when Star Trek <laughs> Generations came out. And, that sounds smart, and then, by the way. That sounds like a very that Kevin, sounds like a wise man who knew you well. <laughs> yeah, and he knew enough about Star Trek to make fun of it with detail, uh, but also was aloof enough to say he didn't like it. And one day, when he was pissing me off, when I'm putting up a Star Trek poster in our room or something, he goes, "Yeah, Star Trek's awful. What? Why do they have all these ships? What? What is there? An Enterprise used car lot?" How many how many enterprises do they have? There's always a new enterprise. There's always a new enterprise. Uh, did they sell them in a used car lot? What uh, Tom? Are they had a used car? And he kept doing that one line, and I just remember getting more and more enraged. And because and, uh, and it was right when they blew up the Enterprise D. And he's like, yeah, they they just whatever they want, they just make up. They're in a factory. Why do they call them spaceships? Why don't they just call them enterprises? And then here we go in the last two episodes. You have the Enterprise F comes out in this beautiful majestic shot. And now we're renaming the Titan. Why? You know, I would have liked, I wouldn't have minded, actually one of the things that gave me a headache 
was seeing the crew of the Enterprise on the bridge of the Titan. It just did not work for me. And it wasn't even the Titan. It was a new Titan. You know what? If they just kept it Riker's Titan, I would have – that actually would not have bothered me. There was always just these little – like, we want to say this, but we're really saying this. Like, you know, it's a brand new ship, except that we're using a 20-year-old engine. You know, like, it was just all these little effing incongruities. Yeah. I don't think I've used that word in 20 years. Uh, these well, little incongruities made me angry. And then when I saw they renamed it the Enterprise G, we, we created, fuck you! Actually, that's what I say. Enterprise <laughs> well, G. Well, so I you're saying is that what they you. renamed it, you felt like they were calling it directly to you the enterprise dash f u that's basically what you felt like they were doing i i earlier conversations i had there were people who I, I like i did i thought that they were going to name it the uss picard which i thought would have been nice Picards. and i also feel like the reason why they renamed the titan instead of giving us a new enterprise g is just uh money 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 because they're like we are not building a new set for one scene you're gonna use the titan and yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't want a Captain Seven with Raffi as her number one and you know coming up with some cockamamie idea why Jack Crusher gets to be on the bridge, even though he's got like half a pip, you know. Uh so yeah, mm -hmm. I, I I I was I'm not on board with that. I felt like there were elements as the season went along. I'm like, oh, there's things that I would like to see, but then the, the show that they set up is not the show that I want to see. And Everyone who knows me knows how I feel about Q. I don't like Q because Q oh. is magic and magic does not belong in Star Trek. Case closed. But I have always enjoyed the actor's portrayal, John Delancey. Uh, I thought that season two was was just awful the way it was written. There was an element of like, oh, it's fun to see him in scenes with Jean-Luc. But the satisfaction from season two of Picard was that Q was dead and we would never see him again. And then he comes back to talk to Jack and I'm sure his dad would it was like a year later, his dad would have told him about Q. Oh, you knew what he looked like. Did you, you see him and you know, you must be Q or he doesn't even wear well, a pointy hat. How do you know that it's him? And if, well, because, because, if well, Q is going to visit anybody, he's going to visit Jean-Luc, isn't he? What were you going to say, Tom? Don't wait for the translation! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my rebuttal to that is an encounter at Farpoint, part two. Riker watches basically half of episode one in the ready room. Yeah. Okay, so that, that that's rebuttal one. Rebuttal two is maybe the mom mentioned stories two over 20 years, fine. But here's yeah. here, But here is what drove me nuts about that moment is I thought, again, season two was a cesspool of Picard. But that last scene with Q dying, and again, some of this is me editing dialogue in my imagination, but I thought the Q death scene was meaningful. You know, it was fine, all right, whatever. I was trying to teach you one last lesson to deal with your mom's grief. I would Again, I would have loved that whole plot line if it were in one hour. Not in an eight, not in eight fair. or whatever I, it was. Yeah, but they, um, they definitely, you want to talk about uh, squeezing out the chamois. Yes, I agree. Yeah, they tried. I get what they were trying for. Mental illness is real. Oh, shit. Hang on. Other, uh, hang on. You guys still there? There we go. Yeah, we're here. Uh, to, to, Tom has another podcast starting right now. So he's no, and, uh, 
Hang on, let me hit do not disturb on that. Sorry, do not disturb. See yeah, that's, that's all right. While you're doing that, out. from across the pond, Craig Robinson checking in from the UK. I feel a stressed Eric situation on here. Loving the rants. This is okay, uh, this but, is what and, we were building to over the last 54 minutes. Back, yes, go ahead, Tom. So, God damn it. And now, fuck it. Uh, why is my phone hooked up to my laptop? That's another it's story. It's a great maybe. question. It is a great question. But I hit, uh, all right. Uh, so back to you. Back to you. Let me see if turning the phone up will stop the uh, call. You know, there's the only one so solution, Tom. You're going to have to throw your phone out the window. Go ahead. <laughs> so oh, here's perfect. my thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, good enough. Yeah. We'll here's take the, it. All right. Finish your thoughts. Actually, uh, so, here's, so here's my thing about that end scene. They undisciplined creativity. They undid the only thing I liked about Picard season two which was a meaningful death scene. We could argue about what it ramped up to, but it was great acting, and now he's back because we're supposed to like it. You know, know, I I, I mean, again, it it just... uh, Thank God for the writer's strike. And don't get me started on the whole Guinan's Bar. Guinan's Bar. Guinan's Bar. You're telling me that we're all recreating a bar we never saw in 20 years of content, except for arguably the worst season of a card. Why did we keep going back to that? Is it because we put so much money into the set that well, did you like, like did you like how they referenced uh Guinan starting to give us the eye, but uh Whoopi was nowhere on set. So we're to believe that the character is there in the bar, but we don't actually see her. <laughs> She must be uh, a pain to work with if they didn't put her in for one scene. Well, no, I don't think it's that. So she doesn't. Uh, Tom has Tom has worked with her and has very nice things to say about her. But oh, she doesn't really? fly, yeah. right? She like drives cross country. Isn't that? Oh, she's over that. Is? I bet you. Oh, okay. I think it's. Uh, I I don't want to read into. I don't want to create the illusion that I have inside information I do not have. Uh, but she's a joy to work with, and she loves Star Trek. And to her credit. Uh, made a big deal about getting the cast of Picard onto the view. So she and, helped promote uh, also theory, made sure to uh, introduce you to Leonard Nimoy on the set of the view uh, during Ooh, the show. Actually, Leonard Nimoy on the set. Yeah. Yeah. And she introduced me to Patrick Stewart, who uh, I, every time I bash Picard, I feel a little bit bad about. Um, I yeah. use my, which by the way, that clip of you meeting forward. Leonard Nimoy is also featured in episode 286 of the Tom Kelly show, which features your interview with Dave Blast, the production designer, of Star Trek Picard. And I have, I have, uh, promoted that, uh, more than I plug my own, uh, my own podcast. Uh, I, I plug that episode of the Tom Kelly show. There are many good episodes of the Tom Kelly show. Most of them have me on it, but there's ones without me that are also good. Um, I wanted so to give uh, David. In- Con- okay, finish up your thought, but I want to give David a chance no, to kind of. No, I, I no, I want David to talk because I was going. I was sidetracked. I apologize, David. Uh, no, but by the way, can uh, I just say how much yeah. I love doing the show with David and you? No, because David airs. Listen, your other guests are great, but there's something about David that makes me feel a little bit smarter about being on the Blackcast with him. Well, there's a, there's a reason why he became known as the, the Dark Prince on the old Dennis Miller show. And uh, he even had his own theme song. Uh, but uh, yes. so the way that this all winds down, the you know, any thoughts you have that we didn't cover on the end of the episode proper are fine. But the feeling like this is a backdoor pilot, which is also something that it says on your J-Date profile, J-Date, J-Date profile says backdoor pilot. 
curmudgeon. Curmudgeon. I got the other one already. So limp noodle. Limp noodle. Pilot. Yeah. Which you know, there's nothing that makes for yeah. more of a limp noodle than being a backdoor pilot. Over to you, David. What do you got? Yeah. Oh. Uh, so yeah, what did you think about the way that it ended, including the end scenes? You know, again, you know, it had to be. They were hamstrung, and I, I'm handing. You know, I'm on this, but I'm originally. You know, there's there's a way to do things if you're an honest writer, and the way to do it is you write what you think is good. And hopefully yeah. people will respond to it. If you do it backwards, which and what I mean by that is if you if you go to the audience and say, What do you think is good? I'll write that, you end up with something that's washed out. Because you know, you're it's uh it's kind of well, let like, me just uh, just to interject on that, it's kind of what Tom was talking about. Star Trek is the the franchise that seems to be the most accommodating. You were talking about people didn't like the way the Klingons looked in season one of Discovery. They didn't own it. They were just like, we're going to undo that. We're going to try to explain that away. Star Trek Picard, the current crop of showrunners and producers behind it, didn't like some of the things that they did earlier. So they're like, well, let's shake the edge of sketch a little bit and undo it. And I, I think that they are more mindful in course correcting. You know, you were talking earlier about Voyager, and some of the decisions that they made. Voyager was the first Star Trek show in 30 years that had to answer to a network. So they were on UPN, whereas previous, previously they'd all been, Next Generation and DS9 had both been first-run syndication. All of a sudden, okay. the thing that Gene Roddenberry didn't want, didn't want to work for a network ever again, uh, they had to answer to a network. And then all of a sudden it's like, we need the Borg every week, uh, Enterprise, right. which right. I am really not a fan of. Right. Was, you know, really, yeah. they felt like we got to, you know, we have to we have to really make this show for our UPN audience. So you end, up, you end up with compromised content. Yeah, and I think that that's what Paramount. That's what the plus is for Paramount Plus. It's the plus is compromise, right? I hate. I, I had a friend once that said compromises for pussies, <laughs> <laughs> and as as harsh as that may seem, uh, did he write a book on marriage? No, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, but he should. Uh, haven't been haven't been married myself for for a while. It, for a while, uh, yeah. you know. But hang um, on, I'm gonna text that to my wife. Again, what I hey, Sal says <laughs> compromises for pussies. Get out of that strike line now. What I think what we have now with Star Trek is a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah. And from the days of VHS tape, you know what that means when. You dubbed one and you dubbed another yeah. one off. And, and you have like the little color, the little rainbow colors at the bottom. Right. My my VHS of the Star Wars holiday special was like a fourth or fifth generation. Mm-hmm. And I spent $20 for it. And I feel like it was money well spent. But yeah, it, there it, it had uh, it had been well loved, let's just say. So, yeah, exactly. I think that's a great way to sort of describe this. This is like that VHS tape that we all probably had of our favorite Star Trek episodes or maybe our favorite Star Trek movie that we recorded off HBO. And you're like, Oh, it's, it didn't look as, it didn't look like this in the movie theater, but this is what we're being given. We're we're both blessed and cursed by the fact that our frame of reference is TOS and everything that came after it. 
know, if you're generation, whatever they're calling it these days, and your frame of reference is Voyager, you know, then maybe you're not quite as dissatisfied as all three of us are. And and that's okay. I, I get that. But I I am I am down on how they are washing things out to please people first. And I think not you taking, just go ahead. Sorry. Not taking any creative chances, making real dramatic choices rather than just getting on your knees and taking care of business. Well, I think that uh, that that sort of uh, lends itself to what Tom was saying earlier. It's a different conversation about Star Trek with people who were born before 1980 or in one of our cases before 1970, you know, and when I'm talking about Star Trek with people who are, you know, under 30, their frame of reference is pretty different. You know, maybe the first Star Trek movie they saw in the theater was like into darkness. Yeah. Right. I I really like the first JJ Abrams movie. That second movie might be good, but the like MacGuffin that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't con until they told you he was con. I was like, well, that's just stupid. You know, like you should have told us he was con if he's going to be, you know, he couldn't look less like Ricardo Montalban. I would not buy fine Corinthian leather from, Benedict Cumberbatch, but I don't think that's the point we're trying to make. What was your point, David? Sorry. No, no, no. I, you know, my my point is that, uh, and from going forward, like, what do we have to expect? More washed out dishwater. You know, we're not going to get something. Are are you watching Strange New Worlds, David? I am. I am. Yeah, it, I, I I had to like he, nag you for an entire baseball season. I'm like, have you watched it yet? And you're like, no, there's too much baseball. But I know you did finally watch it. And yeah. in general, you liked it, right? You you were pretty. I, happy I like with it. it, but you know, but again, there's going to be, you know, I, this season. I want to really knuckle down and see if they're making choices. Well, that are I, just like pandering. As the three of us are talking, I realize if there is any one episode of Star Trek Strange New World season two that I hate and I think is really bad, I'm going to talk to the two of you and the two of you only. I, I don't I don't want anybody to try and bring warmth and and their positivity, you know, trying to bring me down with their smiles. I don't want that. No, you know? I, I want to bask in it. See, uh, I like we, uh, wrap about up, Strange New World. What's that? See, I liked that about Strange New Worlds. It was happier. It's a happier. No, it was show. happier. And the point, but what I, but the one point I want to tag on to, to what you both just said is my problem with Picard was they took big risks, and I don't think they took good risks, and I don't think they made good choices. Yeah. Um, uh, they were I, lazy choices. They didn't, they didn't take risks. They made bad choices. Fine, I'll take that. Sometimes, uh, sometimes and, those are one and the same. You know. Yeah. If, uh, you know, if, uh, if, 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 you know, de- depending on, uh, you know, if you've, if you've got a number of, uh, ladies of the evening in your cell phone, uh, those are big risks and bad choices. Yes. Uh, but I don't think that's what we were talking about. <laughs> so, uh, if, but, but if I were allowed to make a, one last point is sure. I hope that, I think strange new worlds is a better show than discovery and whatnot. And yeah, I hope too. that when they go forward, and I don't know if the fans agree. I don't know if the numbers are higher on Strange New Worlds. I just don't. But if there are other people who agree with me, my dream for Star Trek in the future is that they look at what is working 
on strange new worlds and apply that to other things. Uh, say what you want. I mean, I can see the sets of discovery. Wait, listen, the scenery on discovery is beautiful. You know, the bridge is beautiful. I mean, I hate to knock the production designer, the guy who is good enough to be on my podcast, but whoever's doing the color correcting made Picard too dark. Um, right. Dark can go in. down the list. Yeah. And, but I don't think it worked for me, but then again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, we'll see because uh, Stranger Worlds will be with us uh, in about six weeks, I think uh, June 15th, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I am uh, not looking forward to a Star Trek legacy, but uh, they've got so many other things in the hopper that uh, I don't know that we're going to get to it. Uh, obviously, Michelle Yeoh goes and wins an Oscar. All of a sudden, that Section 31 uh, project is right back on the table, as uh, as I said while I, mean, I was watching the Oscars I with my wife, I'm like, I, I, know, I know something that's going to be back. Sorry, what'd you say, David? I'm just saying, it's like you've got Michelle Yeoh, you've got Todd Stashauer, you've got good things, you know, good dramatic creative choices, and you kill them. What yeah. fun well, is that? You know, they, they figured out a way to have her, and if they were to bring back uh, Captain Shaw, it'd probably be a Mirror Universe Shaw. And what I've said before is that the Mirror Universe Shaw would actually be this really friendly, nice, likable guy. Like yeah, he, right. the, gr the gruff exterior just doesn't have, he's the one guy where the Mirror Universe version is actually like really cuddly. Captain you Ward know? Cleaver. <laughs> what were you going to say, Tom, for our, for our final thought before we get our plugs in? You know, I heard one uh, random stray interview line that, the future of Paramount Plus and Star Trek might be more short form, short form beginning and ending stuff. Like Section 31, they were talking about instead of making it a series, make it a two or three part film. That way, uh, you know, that way uh, when Michelle Yeoh gets a ups her contract ante, uh, they can do something else. I don't know. I, I hope that they look at something else that's working. I think more short form stuff is better. So that way they're not destroying my childhood, you know? And again, I don't think they have the creative integrity to go 12 episodes on something. We've now seen that two or three times, you know, I, I, I honestly like the discover, even discovery when they did the mirror universe and the, uh, uh, the, the Pike universe or the Pike episodes, those are really what two, two blocks of six, you yeah, know, whatever right, yeah. it is. You're right. Yeah. You know, I, I think 12 episodes for one star Trek plot as a man who loves star Trek, I have yet to see anybody do well with that. Right. And I think that uh, the self-contained nature of strange new worlds is what we liked about past yes. star Trek series. Right. You can certainly have multi-part stories. You can have things that run through episodes, but I want to have a send, you know, it was like a good example is the X files had this huge conspiracy behind it and you got a little bit, but for the most part, it was they, just like, Oh my God, there's a monster in Rochester. Use, We're going to have to go use, look at right. it. But they, use, <laughs> they, they use the grand conspiracy sparingly. Yeah. It's like spice. Right. You know, you can't over spice something. Yeah. Well, uh, on that note, uh, the one of the spiciest voices in New York City is Thomas J. Kelly. Tom, where do people find the Tom Kelly Show? So you can find it all at TomKellyShow.com. I am on TikTok, Instagram, and JDate as Tom Kelly Show. Uh, <laughs> and I have a 
callback. And now we uh, know what the J yeah. stands for in Thomas J. Kelly. Ah, Thomas J. Day Kelly. And yeah, and then uh, things are, uh, that's the story. And then my stand-up comedy uh, dates are there. And uh, I do a podcast on Mondays and Wednesdays, all at TomKellyShow.com. And I'd love, I, I love it when people from the Black cast say hi, especially on the YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, you will have to be back on the Black cast before too long because we didn't even, I didn't even want to get into your adventures when you were out here in Los Angeles. Uh, no one has covered the ground before that New York and Los Angeles are different. And I think we're going to be the first ones to do it. The uh, final uh, comment I wanted to bring in earlier from Dominica Saxon, they should have had a CGI cue as being young again. That would make his line about being immortal make more sense. But the true wisdom from Dominica Saxon never compromise, even in the face of Armageddon. Salman, (laughs) where do people find you apart from kicking around on the west side of Los Angeles? uh, You know, in in your aspiration to become a beach bum. Well, yes, they can find me on the beach. As you can see, I'm working on my tan. (laughs) They can find me uh, on Twitter still at DY's Comedy. I'm unverified, but it's me. Uh, Also on the Insta at DY's Comedy. That's good. I'm glad I'm glad you switched the Instagram so that it's uniform now. Yes. So, uh, very smart. Good branding. And as always, I can be found at Christian DMZ. Please subscribe to the Blackcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the audio version of the podcast. Uh, we've had a good chunk of Star Trek Picard talk the last couple of episodes. Uh, when next the audio version finds its way to you, it'll be our first Possibly one big triple stuffed episode uh, reviews of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So uh, look for that. And I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. That's all the time we have for now, but we will see you next time on the Blackcast. Thank you for listening to the Blackcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. Like The Bladcast on Facebook, follow at Bladcast on Twitter and Instagram, and of course, the man responsible for what you just heard is on Twitter and Instagram at ChristianDMZ. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D- M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on the Bladcast. Well, this has been the Bladcast. I am your host. <laughs> you can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff Duray, not on Twitter. The Bladcast. Welcome to the stream. Who are you? One of the best podcasts you can ever see, the Blackcast. Whoop-dee-doo, we're watching it. We got no Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it. Go watch the Bladcast with me and Carl. It was a great show. Who was the guest that got Cardiff to do the uh, mommy drinkers thing? Oh, I don't remember. Christian Blood. Christian Blood. Are you ready to play to catch an alien? Christian? That's me. Who I've never heard <laughs> of before? When I was talking to Christian Blatt. Good luck with the whole thing. And, you know, here's to another 500. Get you to 1,000, you know, which is more than 500. Last time I checked. One of Christian Blatt's favorite people in here to talk to one of his other favorite people. Hello, fellow favorite person of Christian Blatt. How are you? Hi, other fellow (laughs) favorite person of Christian Blatt. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. (laughs) That was not my fault.